podcasting from Baldwin, New York. Welcome to the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast, bringing you everything Baldwin Athletics, including news, game breakdowns, analysis, interviews, and much, much more. Prepare for the laughs, hot takes, hard questions, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, ready to dive into everything Bruins sports, Yao Bonsu and Tyler Brown. Gentlemen, welcome to the 37th and final episode of the Bolden Bruins Sports Podcast. Alongside Tyler Brown, my name is Yao Bonsu, and we have officially reached the end. 79 different guests, 57 interviews, and over 22 hours of content to this point. For Tyler and I, this show has taken up a large majority of our time, our strength, and effort for the school year, but we could not be any more blessed to be able to not only co-host the show, but to set the precedent for all of the potential hosts to come. We have interviewed the best student athletes, coaches, sports night girls, advisors, and alumni from throughout all of Baldwin. Each week, you, the listeners, got an in-depth look at what these people have and will be going through in their time at Baldwin and beyond. But despite that, we're not done yet. It is only fitting that we ended off with the man responsible for everything athletics here at Baldwin High School. It's Mr. Ramirez. Ladies and gentlemen, for our final interview of the show, we have Baldwin's athletic director, the man behind everything Baldwin Brewers Athletics. It is Mr. Ramirez. Mr. Ramirez, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to uh, talk to you today. Yes, sir. So let's get into it right away. On April 21st, you broke the news to the Bolden community that the New York State Public High School Athletics Association decided to cancel the 2019-2020 spring season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. What was your reaction after you heard the news? My initial reaction was uh, disappointment, um, upset for, uh, you know, at that time we were in the middle of uh, two basketball playoff runs. Um, <clears throat> I had to break the news to them at practice and, you know, my heart went out to watching those seniors cry and, you know, it was tough. And then, uh, my next thought was our spring athletes. Um, but at, at that point, to be honest, I didn't think it was going to be to the extent that it's been. Um, I thought there was a possibility of being out a couple of weeks and it affecting schedules. So I was more, my thoughts were more with the basketball team. And obviously as, as things evolved. It, you know, we, it was a much bigger scale than, than anyone, I think, originally thought. So, that, that yeah, it was at the basketball teams and, you know, interfering with the start of the spring season. Yeah, and how hard was it for you to tell the players, coaches, parents, and the community the bad news, knowing that you're the guy that we usually get every all the news from when it comes to sports? So the coaches and I had talked, and we knew there was a possibility of um, playoffs being affected and canceled. You know, we had been watching the news and reading. Um, obviously, uh, when the game was being held, and I don't know if you remember, but the first playoff round, uh, the final playoff round, I should say, was being held at Uniondale uh, in the Coliseum. And the first person on Long Island that we knew of that had been um, identified as ha having come down with COVID was a Uniondale resident. So there was a lot of concern so a lot of people don't know this, but I had the, the, the day before the championship game, I had to have a meeting with the girls basketball parents and the boys basketball parents and the cheerleading parents and basically give, it, give them the option of whether they wanted to um, allow their son and daughters to participate. 
So, um, yeah, it was, you know, that, that, that was, that was tough. That was tough. And then to, to tell the, the, the teams what had happened and that, you know, the playoffs had been canceled and then watch them immediately break down into tears. Um, you know, my, my thoughts were, let, let me talk to them and keep this as positive, you know, as it could be. And my message to them was you went as far as you can go. And to me that that's always, you know, what a champion is. You go as far as you can go. You got the last win that you possibly could, whether it was County Long Island States, you know, you ended up as a winner and that's how you should remember your careers by not by uh, missing, you know, two games um, at the end of the season. They, they won the County championship and it was as far as they were allowed to go. And in my eyes, that was as good as a state championship. Um, the coaches were very good about it. You know, like always, they, they knew, you know, what they had to do. And that was to make sure they maintained the morality and the spirits of their kids up. And they did that. Yeah, obviously, that's very hard for the teams, especially the seniors who are, you know, it's their last season playing the sports that they love. And for many of them who are not going to college, this is their, you know, last chance to really get on the court and the field. So what was your message to the seniors, especially knowing that, this was not the ending that they intended at all. So my, my message to the seniors was one, um, don't let this, you know, don't let this be the memory that you take with you of your high school senior year, or your high school participation in sports. And my second message was they've always been leaders and I needed them to set the example and lead the underclassmen who were struggling with this um, and be the, the people that step up and, and keep this positive and, and make sure that the whole team understands, you know, what was happening. And, you, you guys never, ever, ever disappoint when we ask you to step up to something. You guys always do that. And that's what happened here. The, the seniors stepped up. Yeah, and beyond, beyond the winter championship games that we missed out on and the spring season, which we missed out on, how did the global pandemic impact the plans that you had for Bruins Athletics this year? So for this year, uh, listen, I've never in my – 22 years of doing this um, have experienced any seasons being canceled. Um, so to me, it, this is all new. Um, and right now, once, once we came to the realization that this year was done, it's about how we can best prepare for next year and try to gather information to hopefully not, not have this happen again, you know, next year. Um, and that's, that's where I am right now, right now, you know, my, my mental state, my frame of mind is, um, gather information and try to see what's what's going to happen as we move forward. And a lot of it will be dictated to us, um, you know, by federal and, and state government and what we can and can't do. And the, the number one priority is always going to be the health and safety of our athletes, coaches, and, and our community. So um, that's really where my attention is right now. Uh, once, once we got to that point where we knew there, there was no coming back for spring, that's where it was. Prior to that, it was uh, hoping for the best. You know, preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best that maybe we could get a piece of the season in there for those seniors. Um, I feel terrible for those seniors who, whose main sport is that spring season. Um, I feel terrible for those uh, athletes that, you know, the juniors, you know, the juniors, when you're looking for those college opportunities, that junior year is a, is a, is a big, big year. Um, but even further than that, you know, you play soccer and you play summer league, the opportunities that are lost in playing AAU, summer leagues, all these off-season tournaments that, that give you the exposure. Um, and, of course, you know, you guys lose out on the interaction of being with your friends in that setting. You know, when, you, when you're an athlete, you get used to, you know, being with your friends, playing with your friends, competing on the fields. 
Um, and, you know, you're robbed of that right now. And that's, you know, but again, you know, we have to keep in mind what happened. And, you know, it, it was a worldwide pandemic and there are things bigger than sports um, and health and safety had to come first. Of course. And one big part of athletics for Baldwin was obviously the Innovation 2020 initiative and major changes for athletes with that included a new turf field, new bleachers and the extra gym, among many other changes. How does the pandemic either accelerate or slow down that process? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I think there's, it's, it's more than just the, um, the pandemic. Um, I, I really, I really do that. There's a terminology that, that's, that I learned this year through some uh, administrative workshops that we've been taking. It's called VUCA, VUCA World, and it stands for you know, a volatile uncertainty, complexity, and, and the ambiguity of, of this world. And the events of this, um, to me, best demonstrate that. And the reason I say that is we were two days away. I truly believe that our community was going to pass that bond. I, I believe that in my heart that um, what was in those plans from the Board of Education, Dr. Kami, were things that uh, not only did we need, uh, but the community supported. So in my mind, I say that was going to pass. And we were two days from getting those. So I'll focus on just the athletics, the turf fields, the new gymnasium, the, the facilities, those things. We were two days and the world changed like that. And to me, yep. you know, that's how, that's how life is. Things can change just like that. And you just have to, you can't let that hold you back. You have to continue forward. Um, and, that, and that's what we're going to do. I, I, you know, in answer to your question, I don't know if we'll ever see that that bond in, in my my tenure here because um, we don't know. Well, we know what some of the effects of, of COVID are. You know, financially, is there's state state aid cuts. Um, people, you know, are losing you know employment opportunities. We have a presidential election coming up. Those things are all challenges that are going to prohibit us from putting that bond back up. So, if we start two years from now again. The process to get to where we were was a multi-year process, you know, so even to get to that point of voting again, we have to start that process over again. You're, you're saying, you know, in my eyes, I'm looking five, six years, best case scenario before that chance comes up. I don't know if it's going to happen, you know. I hope, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that realistically if that'll happen. Um, but again, you know, we, we, we've competed and done well with, without some of those things. And to, to, to the benefit of our athletes, I think in a lot of ways it's made us tougher. Um, it's made us more appreciative of, of things. Um, the one thing I'll, I'll always say about a Baldwin athlete, we've never been pampered. We're, we're never, um, we're, we're, you know, you guys have always been workers, blue collar, and I take pride in that, and we'll continue to do that. We've won a lot of games on the, on the grass field and in those gyms. And, it, and it, the wins had nothing to do with, with the field condition or, or, or the court condition. It's, it's about the heart, the work ethic, and the tenacity that the athletes out there have, and they'll continue to have that. So we'll, we'll continue to have that success. Yeah, and um, it's, it's, um, it's interesting to hear you say that, how you know, the process ultimately may get slowed down because of a whole different number of factors beyond just COVID-19. And I think that goes back to the fact that we never expected this, and you know, it's going to we're going to have to adapt to a new normal. So along with the teachers, you guys have to stay at home. You guys are forced to stay at home because of the pandemic. So for you, how much more or less work are you doing now that you have the opportunity to work at home? 
I um number one, I'm I'm uh I, I have my own issues about I, it's hard for me to sit still. I you know I'm a little obsessive with certain things and I'm a little you know, I, I definitely you know, if I'm sure I have some uh, hyperactive anxiety, whatever the alphabet soup that sometimes we label people with, I'm, that's me. And I struggle with sitting sitting in a room. I also struggle with the with the lack of uh, interaction with people. Like I'm I'm a people person, so I like to interact, and you know, and that that's why I love what I do because I get to deal with young athletes and coaches and teachers. Um, the amount of work was a lot, and, and, and more than what I what I would say before because. Um, it was a, a lot more accountability in, in a sense, you know, um, you have to account for your time and what you're doing. Um, not only for me, were, was I dealing with, um, and let me, let me say that the, the teachers were phenomenal, um, in, in adjusting to this new wave of teaching, but, um, we still had responsibilities to, to teach and what we were doing while learning at the same time while showing, um, some kind of proof and accountability that the work is going ongoing while planning for future things. Um, so I, I'm fortunate enough, I have a home office um, that, I, that I have. And there were times where I, co I come in here at eight o'clock every day and my wife would knock on the door at 4.30 in the afternoon and just look at me like, are you kidding me? You know, you're still in here. It just, it was a lot, you know, we did a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of Google Meets, but all for good reason. You know, we, we, we wanted to make sure that you guys weren't, um, uh, short, you know, get, given the short stick uh, educationally and, and, and in all those sorts. Um, but it was a lot of work. It was M more more so than prior to, I should say more so, in a different way than I was accustomed to. Yeah, and I'm sure that in those Zoom meetings with, you know, different teachers and administration, something you've talked about is reopening in September. So what can we expect or I'm graduating. So what can the students now expect in terms of what the new normal will be at Baldwin High School or uh, school? So we, we had, a, I, you know, we do have uh, Dr. Kemi's very good. She has a, a committee looking at reopening schools. It's hard to say, y'all, because the reality is we have to see where we are. You know, um, what phase, as you know, the, the state has four phases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we get to phase four, that'll determine, you know, what we can and can't do. Um, if I had to guess right now, the, the, the things that are out there, not just in Baldwin, but, you know, in the educational uh, circles, are the possibility of like A and B days, uh, where it's a combination of coming to school and online learning so that you, you, you have less population in the classrooms. We, we're still figuring out, you know, how to maintain the social distancing, but there's a lot of questions. You know, how do you do that in the gym? How do you do that? How does it, what does that look like in a cafeteria? Um, so I don't, I don't want to say there's a plan there yet because the plan is still being developed. Which there's a lot of talks. There's a lot of meetings. Um, and anybody that tells you they know what the fall is going to look like, um, I shouldn't say anybody, but definitely no one I know. <laughs> not, at, not at my level, you know. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll get it there. Dr. Cammy's very good with that. And, you know, she's on top of it. She's working with state ed and, and Governor Cuomo's office on those things and, you know, that, that they will dictate what we can and can't do. And along with that, that's just reopening schools. Now we go to sports on Long Island. What do you think the future holds, not only for athletics at Baldwin, but across Long Island? It's tough. It's going to be tough. Um, athletics with social distancing is, is going to be very difficult. And I'm not saying it's not doable. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. 
but but there are a lot of challenges. Um, just to, you know, I'll give you a couple of things that off the top of my head. Transportation. You know, when you say that you can only have uh, one per per row, um, so you're talking about a maximum of 15 kids on a bus. You know, or uh, 10 to 15 kids on a bus. So you take a football program with 40 plus kids. Yep. How, how are we how are we doing that? Uh, how are we doing tra- track meets? Um, you know those things. The, 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 again, the National Federation for High School Sports classified sports based on low risk, moderate risk, high risk. Um, you know, do we look at each those sports different based on risk factors? Do we look at them all together? Um, there are proposals out there that if the fall doesn't happen, to possibly move the calendar to, to to shorten seasons and still be able to get three seasons in later in the year. So, for example, you 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 know the middle school has multiple us. Uh, uh, fall, winter one, winter two, spring. So the proposal would be to maybe have the high school, if the winters, if the fall is canceled, to have winter and split spring uh, spring into two seasons so that you have your fall and your spring season um, and shorten the, the, the seasons up and the games up. Um, we're not there yet. We're, you know, we have to see where this – we won't know really till mid-July, end of July, what's going to happen. I know that some colleges have um, – committed to having fall season. There's some colleges who've said that they've canceled already. Um, all that's going to be dependent on where you are in this country in terms of numbers and phases. You know, the, be- the, the better things are and, the, and the, the numbers stay low, the better our chances. But so predictable. Do you think that the reopening of the schools go hand in hand with the new plan as far as athletics goes? No, I think they're two separate issues. Because I, I think you can reopen schools, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that if schools are open, sports are a go. Because, you know, you have to look at, will, will we need some of those areas for instructional areas? Will we, you know, will we be able to, you know, share equipment? You know, those kind of things, locker room situation. There's, a, there's some things involved in athletics that don't necessarily apply to, to regular school day. So that, to me, they're two separate challenges. And you spoke about athletes and recruiting earlier in the interview. But now, what do you say to the athletes who are missing out on coaches coming to their games and coaches really getting a firsthand look at what the athlete could bring, considering if they're not on the field, how are they going to know how good I could be for their program? Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I, I Listen, the reality is I think some, some kids are going to miss opportunities. Um, and they're, you know, they're going to have to, hopefully when this opens up, communicate with college coaches, films, things of that sort. Um, there may be some situations where kids have to walk on um, to, to some schools to show what they can do. The college coaches know what's going on, though. You know, the college coaches aren't ignorant to the fact that New York is kind of shut down for athletics. Um, so I, in my mind, they're, they're going to give, you know, I don't want to say some leeway, but they're going to be aware when a kid from New York comes and says, listen, I'm pretty good. I didn't get a chance to play. They're not just going to say, oh, you, you know, go away. They're going to pay attention and say, well, let's see what he has because they know that, you know, some kids have missed out on, on seasons. Do you see New York athletes, the rate of walk-ons for college programs being higher because of the fact that coaches didn't get to recruit them? I think those opportunities will be, you'll hear more of those opportunities. I think you will. I think you'll hear of kids who, who walked on and impressed college coaches um, that didn't get a chance to look at them. Kids didn't get a chance to put films together. 
you know, things of those sorts. Yes. I, I can't imagine it won't happen. Okay. If you're asking me, you know, somebody this year that missed out as a junior, and let's say theoretically next year we don't have a season, do those are those kids' careers over? No, I think at some point those kids they're still good athletes. They still have they'll still have good skill. They'll impress someone and get the opportunity. It may not happen the way they wanted to, where they get that opportunity right away. You know, they may walk on, or they, you know, they may not be a scholarship player right away, but eventually maybe they earn that, you know, through, through whatever they do. I would just, hopefully those, you know, you guys, you kids are, you know, keep working and persevere and push through this and, and you know, and earn those opportunities. They'll, they'll be there later on the back end, sort of. And for you, knowing that you're the athletic director, you're supposed to manage all the sports here at the high school. So if, if sports don't happen at the high school level, how do you keep the energy of sports alive in Baldwin specifically? Um, I think that's more than a Baldwin thing. I know we're singling it out to Baldwin. Um, that's a, that's something that, you know, our association as athletic directors would have to discuss and talk and, and figure out ways to keep kids interested um, because when we do come out of this, and we will, you know, we, we, you know, as a country, as a world, we, we, we've had challenges like this before. We've had pandemics, and we always come out on the other end. You know, athletics is an important part of our culture here in this country, and we need to make sure that kids will have those opportunities when we come out on the other end and the interest isn't lost. The reality is, and aside from everything that we've talked about, one of the biggest concerns for me as an athletic director is that the continuity, the loss of, you know, of, of kids coming up through a program that the effects are go on for years. So for example, kids who didn't play middle school sports this year because of the, the, the pandemic in the spring, now they come up into the, into the high school. Um, if they don't play, that's two years. Now we're asking a kid who hasn't played in two years to come out as a 10th grader uh, for the first time in high school. That's an intimidating factor. It's very tough. So we, we may lose a lot of those kids. And in the past, when we, we've had the budget go down and we lost that season in the middle school, you know, we tracked a lot of those kids didn't come out for sports again because it, it, it's intimidating enough when you come in as a ninth grader to come out for high school sports um, to never mind just not having played two or three years and trying to come out. Um, so a lot of it will be, you know, discussions, planning, and I'm going to need, you know, athletes to make sure that they recruit and keep other athletes interested. How we do that, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have to sit down and figure out. I don't know. It's a great question, though. And in terms of your career right now, you are the athletic director. But before being named athletic director of Bolden, you were a dean at the high school and before that, even a teacher. Although you have much interaction with student athletes now, do you ever miss being in those positions where you had more interactions with students? So I, I love being a dean of students. I, I truly did. One, I was very fortunate to work with one of my best friends, uh, Alan Hudson, who was an assistant principal at Glen Cole. Uh, salt of the earth, a gem of a, of a man. And we, we came in together from Walt Whitman. He was the dean at Walt Whitman. I was a phys ed teacher and I coached uh, – you know, soccer, football, badminton, wrestling, you know, um, and we, he talked me into the administration route. And we were fortunate enough to come into Baldwin together. And one of the things that I loved about being a dean is um, I got to know student athletes. I got to know students that excelled academically. I got to know the kids that struggled uh, being in a school setting. Um, I just got to know all of them. And it helped me to be not only a better uh, athletic director, 
but a, a better person in terms of understanding that everyone comes with different challenges. Um, and ultimately, you know, my job is to try and get them to reach their potential, whatever that potential is, um, and be supportive, um, hold them accountable, uh, but that not everyone comes into this on the same playing field and not everyone comes to this um, with the same background. And, you know, so that, that to me was a great experience. I loved it. Um, the only reason, the only reason I left, you know, being a dean is because my passion has always been in athletics and it was an opportunity to do it in a place that I love. And what, what is it about being an athletic director that separates it from being a dean? Besides the fact that you know your focus is sports, which is your passion, um, I guess the biggest differences are you know, and I carry some of of the coaches will tell you and athletes will tell you. You know, I carry a little bit of dean with me when I when I'm an AD. I still you know I look at attendance, I look at grades. I want to make sure that you know kids understand that you know that comes first. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm I have will not hesitate to hold someone accountable who's not doing their part as an athlete. Um, the biggest difference is that I'm dealing with students who have a passion that I have, that share the same passion, athletics, that feel it's important, um, you know, and I look at that and trying to um, guide them for those that are going the college route to help them and help their coaches, for the kids that are doing it just to fitness and, and recreational and stay in shape and, you know, the social aspect of it, you know, then I, I help that, you know, I encourage that. Um, they, they're very, the jobs are very, very different, very different, um, the dean and, and athletic director part. Yeah, and you mentioned how you come in contact with many students who have the same passion in sports as you do, and that goes hand in hand with the varsity banquet, which honors those varsity athletes who have had such a large passion for sports. And this past year, obviously, you hosted a live format of what was the varsity banquet. Among the big-time winners, we had Elena Randolph, who won the Mary and Mickey Waldman Award, and Trevor Watts, who won the Frank Zachman Award, both in which are given to the best female and male athletes, respectively. What did these athletes bring to the table that separated them from their peers? I don't know if it was so much what separated them, because I think across the board, you, you guys all have those qualities. Um, you know, like I said, the passion for athletics, for, for your sport, the work ethic, uh, the competitiveness, the drive. Um, individually, I think what separated those two, if you had, if I had to identify it is, um, they played multiple sports. Um, so a lot of times we have some great athletes, but they focus on one sport and those, those awards are geared to kids who excel in multiple sports. So you take Trevor Watts, he played two sports, uh, earned honors in both sports. Elena Randolph was a three sport varsity athlete, earned honors in all threes. I think that's pretty, pretty much what, what the separation was. Um, I love the, the banquet. I love the, the the tradition of it. I love the names that get attached to it. When you, you know, as you know, we, one of the things that I that I've taken pride in is our uh, our monitors in the in the lobby in the commons with the you know sports history of Baldwin and the, and the athletes who are all county accolades, Hall of Fame. For me, it's important that you guys know the great names and the tradition that has come through there. So when you hear names like Frank Zachman and uh, Mary Mickey Waldman, to have your name attached to that, that's a, that's a great honor. And congratulations to you on your Bill McGinley scholarship. That's, you know, those are great honors to, to have those go in the record books. Um, and, it, you know, I, I think really the only separation between some of those is slightly just, you know, multiple sport athletes, three sports versus two, 
two earned honors in multiple. That that really would separate them. Yeah, I mean, I, along with Trevor and Elena, and as well as many of the senior athletes who won awards, you know, we missed we missed a lot. I mean, me as a fan, I I love watching the lacrosse games, the track meets, and all that. And for Elena and Trevor, they didn't get to play. So, from a fan perspective and from a player perspective, what do you have to say as your lasting message to the class of 2020? My lasting message is always going to be to them that, you know, the, the events the last couple of months do not define your high school careers. They do not define your, hopefully, your memories um, participating at Baldwin. I, I think I said that in the, in the Varsity Banquet uh, presentation. Um, your, those memories, uh, your lasting uh, feelings about your, your high school years, and it should be based on the memories you developed along the way the friendships that you developed along the way, and hopefully all the qualities and you know characteristics that you picked up from the coaches and through your participation that are going to make you successful. Um, this, this is a unique year, but I, I truly believe, yeah, 20 years when you look back on your high school career, this won't be one of the things you talk about. You'll talk about your friends, you'll talk about soccer, and you'll talk about your legacy as having been the first, uh, the creator, one of the creators of the podcast. And I always, I always talk to you guys before every season, and I, I challenge you. I say, what's your legacy going to be? And I meant it when I said it to you, and I know you heard this. I'm so proud of the fact that you, you, know, you, you got this up and running with Mr. Kelly and Tyler. This is, this is uh, what I talk about, leaving your legacy. My hope is somebody picks it up and runs, and uh, you know, we'll be talking about the, the Bruin podcast years from now, and, and, and one of the trivia questions will be, who started it? You know, it'll be, yeah. Um, those are things that you'll remember. You, you won't remember, hopefully. I'm not going to say you won't remember, but it won't be one of the first memories that come to mind is, oh, you know, COVID. Oh, you know, spring season. It, there, there's too many great things that you guys have ahead of you um, that th this won't be what hopefully you, you come to when you think about. Of course, of course. That is definitely something to remember. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. Although you've been in contact with many athletes, you've talked to, you've seen many athletes. If you were, if you were forced to just choose one, who's the best athlete that you have seen in all your years at Baldwin? Oh, man. I'm not a rookie. I would never answer that. <laughs> I would never answer that. Um, there have been so many. There have been so many, and they're unique in their own different ways. Um, I'll gladly give you a, a, you know, a few names. Oh, please, please. Um, I'll okay. take you um, Listen. Um, my first year, Aaron Weaver, phenomenal athlete, too. Sure. Yep. Um, you know, in my, in my era, and I can't go before, you know, my era, but in my era, listen, uh, I was a dean, Will Barrow. Will Barrow was probably one of the top male athletes, not only of my time, but uh, of any time to come to ball, a phenomenal athlete. Ricky Manigat as a football player, basketball player, hard to, you know, these, I know you interviewed them. These are kids that, you know, I will... They've left a lasting impression on me. Um, you, you know, we've had Kelly Henderson, soccer, a soccer standout. We've had um, Christy Verdia, track at Villanova. You know, the, I can give you about 20 basketball names. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Chris Manning, who's now coaching. Um, Chris Malden was a phenomenal basketball player. These are, these are you know, so tremendous. You know, you go with Asia Hudson, Kaya Harrison, Danetta Johnson, Jenna Anna Carrico. Um, it's just so, it's been so many. Um, to say one, it'd be very difficult for me, you know, very difficult. We just, I've been fortunate enough 
um, to be able to, and I truly say, when I say it, I mean it, it's, it's an honor for me to sit here and watch some of you guys as you do your thing. Um, and there's been a lot of you. So it's, it's, for me, it's, it's, it's tremendous. And I mean, as long as you're still here, Baldwin's just going to keep pumping out the elite athletes because every year we seem to have somebody that stands out and somebody that really, you know, shows you what being a Bruin is all about. So my last yeah, question, I, my last question. And I, uh, before you, I, I, you know, I, I, to be honest, I'm not just saying this, uh, really has nothing to do with me. Uh, we're fortunate to have to have some phenomenal coaches. Right, so it's a great community and, to, and, and, and support staff there and the coaches, um, and, you know, they, they, they should get most, if not all, the credit for that. Of course, of course. And my last question or questions, what did you think of the podcast this year, and what do you see as a future for the show? What would you like to see as well? Oh, I, I loved, I loved the podcast. I tuned into every show, and you know this, I, I would give you feedback. Uh, I loved uh, one of my, my best memories is at the beginning of the year when we were going back and forth with the athlete of the week, the podcast star of the week, and you know, those little things like that. You guys did a phenomenal job. And what, to be honest, what you did a very good job of is you covered everything and everyone. You gave everybody a chance to, to shine. Um, I love the, the top 10, you know, sports moments in, in Baldwin history. Um, in terms of what I, I think in the future, I mean, um, I, I think we, you know, hopefully people pick up and run with what you've started. And maybe in the future, even like a, a, a video weekly, not a weekly, but every once in a while, a, a video podcast, you know, do some, some interviews. I love the fact that you brought in alumni. I think that, that's tremendous to tie in the, the past with the present. Um, you did a great job with that. They loved it. Um, I watched uh, on Facebook and Twitter um, some of the comments from the alumni, and they love it. You know, they're so into it. They love to hear what's going on. And they especially love when, when they get some mentions, you know, uh, about past successes. So um, it's, it's, it's been a great experience. Um, we're the only high school that I know of that's doing this. Um, that's another proud thing for me. And not only did we do it, we, we did it at You guys did it um, at the highest level. It was professionally done from start to finish. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It really has. You guys, what you guys have done is tremendous. And I, I, I really hope that, uh, whoever takes takes the baton from you guys and, and runs with it, um, builds on it, takes it to another level, and you know, and so forth. You know, and listen, I hope one time, one, one day, I turn on ESPN and I see uh, the Yao Bansu uh, thirty minute coverage. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, and on that note, I want to thank you for being the last last guest for the 2019-2020 school year for the Bald and Bruin Sports Podcast. It's only right that we ended off with you. So I appreciate you for coming on the show and having me interview you. So blessings for that. Well, I appreciate it. I'm honored. Uh, thank you to Mr. Kelly for all his work. Uh, thank you to uh, Board, Board of Education, Dr. Cammy, and, and the high school administration for their support of this. Um, and I wish you luck at Syracuse. I look, I look forward to having you back on the podcast uh, three or four years from now, and you talking to ooh, us uh, as, as an alumni guest. So uh, until then, we'll, we'll see. Enjoy your summer, my friends. Yes, sir. Take care. Take care. That was certainly a fitting way to end the show, at least for this year. Thank you to Mr. Amir for joining us on the show. To all of the past guests we've had on the show, thank you for giving Tyler and I something to look forward to every week. I think I speak for Tyler and I when I say this will be a project that we will never, ever forget 
Thank you to Mr. Kelly for all of the extra time spent to assist us in making the show what it is. To Mr. Fasalonga, Director of Technology, thank you for getting us the tools and resources needed to make the show what it is. And to the listeners, to you guys, thank you for all of the support over these past 10 months. On that note, I am pleased to announce that Sophia Smith and Isaiah Bell will be the next co-host of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast with Matthew Vincillo handling the editing and production. Sophia Smith is a two-sport athlete playing varsity on both the field hockey and lacrosse teams. Isaiah Bell is also a two-sport athlete playing varsity on both the soccer and lacrosse teams with Matthew Vincillo bringing a large amount of experience with his editing and software skills. We are proud to have these three take on the reins next year as the team to take over the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Congratulations to Sophia, Isaiah, and Matthew. Your work is certainly cut out for you. With that being said, that brings us to the end of this episode and this, I guess you could say, season of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast for the 2019-2020 school year. Thank you for all of the support along the way. Follow us on Instagram at Bruins Podcast. Maybe we'll do a top five most listened to episodes, top five longest interviews, something like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But on that note, we will see you guys in September. Take care and have an amazing summer. Thank you for listening in on this edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. Check us out on Instagram at Baldwin Sports Podcast. Join us next time for more news, analysis, interviews, and everything Baldwin Sports.